Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. As you know, we put in a ton of time and effort to make each of our shows as valuable as we can. If you find the information useful, please share this podcast with a friend by emailing it to them or sharing this on the social media site of your choice. In the overall planning process, one of the most overlooked areas sometimes is protecting what you have. And in the area of auto and homeowners insurance, as well as business insurance, a lot of times people find themselves penny-wise and dollar-foolish. So today we have Gretchen Evans, an auto, home, and business insurance expert, here to share 10 most overlooked insurance coverages when people are planning for their property and casualty insurance. Welcome, Gretchen. Hi, Jim and Tony. Thank you for having me here. Typically, when we talk about insurance, we always talk about home and auto, but today it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to talk about the coverages, as Jim mentioned, that we normally forget about until a claim happens. So there's a couple of them that are very, very important, and we're just going to touch base a little bit on each one of them. You know, I think there's a big misconception when you purchase insurance today that, oh, I thought that was included. So let's touch on some coverages that many people might have a misconception that's included in their coverage, but may not be. Let's start with first one, identity and medical theft. Explain how that's typically an additional option within your homeowner or auto coverage. Today, there's a lot of concern regarding getting your personal identity stolen, such as dates of birth, driver's license numbers, social security numbers. And identity theft is one of the fastest growing claims that are out there. So there are some companies that have now given you the option of adding this coverage onto your home insurance policy. Now, the other concern is medical theft, and that's a fairly new one. Medical theft is when someone steals your medical health insurance information, your policy numbers, your insurance companies, and then, of course, they seek medical attention, surgeries, treatments, and then bill them to your insurance company. Usually when you find out about that, they've already charged thousands of dollars to your insurance company, leaving you to pay the bill. So when you have this coverage added to your home policy, double-check, first of all, what does the identity theft coverage protect you against and the amount, and do they include the medical theft, which again is a new one, and there are some insurance companies that are including that. We hear ads all the time about these services that protect your identity. So you're saying you wouldn't necessarily need that service if you have it through your insurance company? You might. Everybody that offers this coverage is a little bit different. So the question is, how much protection do you want? Do you want someone to monitor your credit reporting issues 24-7 or not? So all coverages offer a little bit different solutions. It's just up to you as a consumer what you would like to pay for. And just to clarify, this service wouldn't prevent it from happening, but would help or assist if the event happened to you. Absolutely. The best way to stop identity theft is, of course, in Wisconsin, you can get an annual credit report one time a year. And you want to get it from all three credit reporting agencies because they all carry different things. You can get it via the website, which is www.annualcreditreport.com, or giving a phone call at one 322 Now, it's important, of course, to check in your state, so talk to your insurance professional just to make sure how the rules work in your state. One thing I think people don't really fully understand, and that's in the area of auto medical payment coverage. You know, doesn't health insurance cover it? Why would somebody need auto medical pay on an auto insurance policy? Well, again, it's one of those coverages that protects you, the policyholder, and the people in your car. Now, that coverage pays regardless if you're at fault in the accident or not, and it's immediate. So until your health carrier starts figuring out what the deductible is and what they're going to pay, this coverage can start paying those emergency medical cares. 
And remember again, medical payments is no deductible. Your health insurance typically has co-pays, out-of-pockets, deductibles. Medical payments does not. And it's interesting, as I review auto insurance coverages, this limit is usually very, very low. Sometimes it's only $1,000. Now, we all know in the medical insurance field, $1,000, what is that, one trip to the emergency room? Maybe not even that. So look at that coverage. Increase those limits. They're not expensive. They can also pay for lost wages if you're injured or even funeral expenses. Now, Gretchen, let's talk about this loan lease gap coverage. This is an important issue every time you're contemplating purchasing a vehicle or leasing one, correct? Absolutely. Vehicles are not cheap. You spend thirty, forty, fifty thousand for a new vehicle, you're probably signing either a lease agreement if you're leasing that vehicle or a loan agreement. If you happen to total out your vehicle in an accident, your insurance company is not going to necessarily pay off your lease agreement or your loan agreement. So this particular gap coverage fills in that gap. If it's total, the insurance company is going to pay you actual cash value on that vehicle, which may or may not pay off that agreement. You definitely want that agreement paid if if you no longer have use of that vehicle. Gap coverage is the coverage that does that for you. And again, this is not an expensive coverage. Now, Gretchen, I think one area where people are assuming they're always covered is when they go out on the weekend and buy a new car or after work some evening, they buy a car. And I think you run into this all the time. People just assume they're covered. I think sometimes they're taking on a big risk when they do that. Explain what that does. They're taking on a huge risk, Jim. And lots of times you have the dealerships who say, don't worry about it, you've got 30 days coverage. First of all, the dealership does not know what kind of insurance policy you have. So to really trust what they are saying is a huge mistake. Second of all, all insurance policies are a little bit different. So you need to be very, very careful. Are you trading in a vehicle and replacing it, or are you adding a vehicle? So the 30-day rule, which was the rule for a long, long time, is not necessarily the case anymore. You need to check with your insurance company and with your insurance agent to make sure that you are covered. The biggest gap that I see is if you have an older vehicle and you don't have physical damage, which is comp and collision, and now you purchase a brand new vehicle, the only coverages that are going to go over is liability. There's no comp and collision on that new vehicle. So that's a huge mistake when it only would have taken you a couple minutes to check with your agent and make sure the coverages are there when you pick up this new vehicle. That's a great point. You probably should talk to them before the purchase just at least to know how much the insurance is because, of course, that can vary by model. Of course, size of engine, if it's a sports car. So it's kind of nice if you're going to spend money on a car to also know what's the cost to insure it. Oh, absolutely. And I have a lot of clients that do that. They're looking at three different models, which is the best they could take either one. So always keep your agent in the loop with what you're doing to make sure you're covered correctly. Well, I know I'm guilty of this, of course, remembering to tell the agent, at least if you're purchasing a car with financing or a lease, the dealership, of course, has to verify your coverages. But if you're writing a check for that vehicle, they don't have to ask that question. So sometimes it's not a default to kind of depend on that the dealership's going to ask you who's your insurance carrier. If you write that check and walk out, that's really your responsibility, of course. Oh, sure. They could care less because they're not on the hook for anything. And in the same sense, Lots of times when you are taking a loan, I had a client the other day was taking out a loan and they hadn't called to confirm insurance for three days. So that's not always the case either. So really the responsibility is on you as a policyholder. And am I understanding this right? That 30-day rule may or may not apply, and that might have been a state-specific rule. So really, you need to know what your coverages are. And I think Tony talked about, and you did too, call your agent first to make sure you understand how that works, right? Absolutely. Do not assume that it's there, because should anything happen, that's not going to get you covered. 
Now, here's one I think that there's a huge misconception about, and that's if you're trying to run some kind of business operation out of your home, even if it's part-time, talk about some of the misconceptions about home businesses and how they're covered. When we talk about home businesses, we're talking everything from a small accounting firm. You may be selling some crafts or something from your home. There's all kinds of home businesses now that you can do out of your home. The biggest thing is if you have customers coming onto your property, your homeowners is not going to cover the customer liability. If they get hurt while on your property doing business, that is excluded on your homeowner's insurance policy. So that's a big one. And people assume, I have homeowner's insurance, I'm good to go. You're not, because every insurance policy has exclusions, and you need to know what they are. Now, in some cases, if it's a small accounting firm, you can add these coverages onto your homeowners for small premium. In other cases, if your business is a little bit bigger, you may have to purchase a business insurance policy. But this, again, is an area where you need to check with your agent, look at your options, and then go from there. With the economy what it is and people being unemployed, a lot of people are looking at starting a home business to kind of fill in the gap. And whether they're doing services or whatever, I think a lot of those people are running around without insurance and not realizing the risk. Even something like, for example, with their business, let's say they're buying materials or going to a customer's house in their car, how is that impacted? Well, now we're talking about the auto insurance. If you're using your vehicle again in the course of your business and you're visiting different sites, Is your personal auto policy going to be there if there's an accident? It's another area where you need to do annual reviews and visit with your agent to make sure everything is covered. Lots of times, Jim, people are afraid to tell their insurance agents anything because, you know, those rates start creeping up. But that's not the time where you want to save money. You want to make sure you have the coverage, not have an insurance company come back and say, I'm sorry, that coverage is excluded because you're driving to different job sites. Well, and you also don't want to argue if it's a business or not. As Jim said, in this economy, I mean, there's not a town in America you can drive through that somebody isn't doing babysitting or vehicle repair. Or the other day I saw somebody do chainsaw sharpening. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Or even just selling firewood on the front of their driveway. If at some point the insurance company can determine that was actually business purpose and you were creating revenue for it, you could be surprised that it's not covered by your homeowners. Also, Sometimes if you have a small enough business, it may automatically be covered because there is a small amount of business property that is included in the homeowners. But you don't want to take that chance. You want to be sure you know what's going on. And if you don't need to do anything but the insurance company knows what's happening at this location, you're good to go. I guess you have to remember your insurance professional is your advocate. They are there to help you and they're on your side. Let's talk about another one. I mean, every spring we seem to have floods throughout the country. It seems to be common. It's just a matter of where it's going to hit. And I think this is a real misunderstood area. What's flood? What's sewer backup? What's covered? What's not? On homeowner's insurance, and you hear, I know I even get notices about whether or not I'm in a floodplain and whether or not I want to buy flood insurance, and I'm up on a big hill. I figure, what the heck do I need that for? So explain those differences. First of all, believe it or not, everybody is in a floodplain. Everybody. The question is, are you in a low floodplain or are you in a high-risk floodplain? That's the big difference. If you're in a high-risk floodplain, that usually means if you have a mortgage on your property, they're going to require flood insurance. If you're in a low-risk floodplain, then it's up to you as a policyholder if you want to pay this coverage or not. Remember that flood is not covered on a homeowner's. It's just not. And if anybody tells you it is, get it in writing. Flood has to be purchased from the National Flood Insurance Program, and it is a one-peril policy. It covers flood, nothing else. Now, sometimes we get confused with flood and sewer backup. 
Sewer drain or sump pump failure coverage is a coverage you can add on your homeowners, and it literally is the backup of sewer or drain, or you have a sump pump, you have a storm, and it's knocked out, and now you've got water coming in your basement. Those coverages you can add to your homeowner's policy. That is not flood. And typically, the sewer drain and sump pump, they start at around 5000 And then depending, if you want to purchase more, you certainly can. Usually, you can go up to 25000 But don't confuse the two. They are two very, very different coverages. So again, if you have flood insurance and you have a sewer backup, that's not necessarily covered, and vice versa. That is correct. All right, we're going to take a short break, and we come back. Let's talk about boats on homeowner policies. Please stay tuned. This copyrighted program and its contents is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, nor station render legal, medical, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. The information and opinions expressed here are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendation for any individual situation or security. For specific assistance, you should seek the services of a competent professional. To learn about a specific investment option, ask your Real Wealth Advisor for a prospectus. Please read the prospectus carefully about the fees, expenses, and risks before investing. Real Wealth Advisors offer securities and investment advisory services through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered investment advisor, PO Box 64284, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55164. Real Wealth Advisors and Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated are not affiliated entities. This is Real Wealth Weekly on the Real Wealth Advisor Network. I'm Leslie Bibb. Everything changed the day my mother received the awful call that there had been an accident and my father hadn't survived. Suddenly, she was faced with having to raise four girls on her own. But my mom's burden was lessened by my dad's thoughtfulness. His life insurance kept her family together and enabled us to carry on. My father loved us enough to expect the unexpected. Learn more at lifehappens.org, a public service message from the nonprofit Life Foundation. Welcome back as we continue to meet with Gretchen Hefner-Evans, an insurance expert, talking about overlooked insurance coverages. And before the break, we were talking about a lot of different things like identity and medical theft, auto medical payments, loan lease gap coverage, what to do when you buy a new car, home businesses, sewer and drain backups, a lot of areas where a lot of our listeners, I think, don't quite really know where they're at. And one thing I got to say as we're going through this is you keep talking about meeting with your insurance agent, doing a review. And I got to say from personal experience, when I meet with clients at the first time, most of them don't even know who their insurance agents, what their name is, much less the last time. They can't even remember the last time they met with them. And I think as we're going through this, if you're dealing with an insurance professional, you should be looking at this on a regular basis, especially if you're making a change on what you have. And I know one area with recreational vehicles, we're here in Wisconsin where we got tons of lakes, but I know in a lot of parts of the country, people might have one or two boats or even more. How do you handle that? Is that something you'd add on a homeowner's policy or is that something you should have a separate policy for? Years ago, the typical way to handle boat coverage is to add it onto your homeowners. Usually the cost was very inexpensive and you had the liability. So that's how the companies were doing it. As we have found throughout the years, the homeowner's policy has a lot of gaps in coverage when it comes to boats. So now companies have come up with a boat or a watercraft policy. And some of the coverages that you are missing out on by putting it on your home is, for instance, pollution coverage. You have an accident on a lake or a river and you've got fuel spillage, your homeowners does not provide coverage for that. Your boat policy would. Another one would be uninsured boaters coverage. 
If you're on a lake having a good time and you got hit by someone who's not carrying insurance, how are you covered? If he doesn't have insurance, that's going to be up to you, and your homeowners will not give you any coverage for that. Your boat policy will. Wreckage removal. Suppose you have an accident and your boat sinks. Who's going to tow it out? Your homeowners won't do that for you. Medical payments for household members. Not on a homeowner's. So all of these coverages can be purchased on a boat policy. And again, that policy is geared towards boats, watercrafts. It's there for your protection. And these policies are not expensive, but they're complete. The key there is, I mean, you made quite a few statements about here it is covered, here it isn't. That's not necessarily every single case. You really got to make sure you understand those coverages. So that's where you really sit down with an agent and maybe even have a checklist of making sure some of these things are covered and some aren't. And I know in some states, you talk about fuel spillage. I've read being a boater myself out on the West Coast where someone might have inadvertently spilled fuel and there could be fines that could be astronomical. I think I've heard of fines as much as $50,000 for having fuel spilling into the water. So with the environmental concerns that are there, liability can be much greater than anybody anticipates and the wrong time to learn about that is when all of a sudden you have a problem. Absolutely. Our circumstances change on a regular basis, and that's when you should be calling your insurance agent. Talk about it. Find out what the appropriate coverages are for you. Pay for the ones that you wish to be protected against, and then go from there. So again, it's the review. A lot of people, they purchase a policy several years ago. They just keep paying those premiums. Circumstances change, but they never review their policies and update their coverages. Another place probably if you're purchasing this kind of uh, pleasure craft is to make sure you know the cost going in because, of course, those type of toys usually have an annual cost to them and insurance is part of it. For example, a boat, a typical fishing boat, might be less expensive than actually insuring, let's say, a jet ski or something like that, which might cost less, but the anticipated liability or the perceived liability to the insurance company might be very different. Is that correct? That is correct. And it also depends where you're using these watercrafts and these boats. Are you on a big lake, one of the Great Lakes? Are you on a small lake by a cottage? So there's a lot of variables, so you just need to make sure you know what your coverages are. Another important thing, too, is when you start getting into electronics, maybe you have radar, maybe you have fishing equipment or other things, sometimes that's a thing that you schedule on the policies, kind of like jewelry and homeowners policies. You have to assign a value because the basic underlying coverages may be very thin in case you have a total loss of all that equipment, whether it's stolen or you have a boat accident or something like that where it's damaged. That's something, too, that you got to look at. Is that not right? You do. Absolutely. Sometimes you have some of these electronics and they're permanently attached to your boat, so that becomes part of the total boat value. Other times they're very portable, so you can add those to your policy or not. Again, it's customized to what you want and the type of boat and how you use it. No, I'm thinking, of course, we talked about boats, but if you have a motorcycle, RV, a camper, a snowmobile, or a scooter, or a golf cart, these are all things that potentially might have separate coverages. So it's important, you may not think about it thinking a golf cart, but it's actually something that some policies or companies might offer a specific policy for that type of vehicle, correct? Correct. And even on your homeowners, they have exclusions. Every policy does. And typically they will exclude any kind of motorized vehicle. So be very, very careful. I've had people say, well, I don't use my snowmobile during the summer, so I'm storing it in my garage. If my garage burns, my homeowner is going to cover that. No, it's not. People have told me they thought that with their boat as well. That's not true. Those coverages come from those specific policies. So be very, very careful. Again, don't assume the coverages are there when they're not. You don't want to find out after a claim has happened for 20 or $30 more, you could have had the correct coverage. 
I got to admit, going through one of the policy reviews, and Gretchen's my agent, I was looking at all the things I had insured, and it came up in the conversation. I bought a little utility trailer to haul stuff to the dump and back, never even really thought about it. It turned out it wasn't covered, but by just listing it on the policy, I don't think it really cost anything extra. If it was, it was peanuts. But boy, I've had it happen already where you see a trailer pop off because you forget to latch it or some small little mistake and all of a sudden that goes flying out. You could do a lot of damage with a little utility trailer if that were to break loose. So again, sit down with your agent and make sure you really go through thoroughly what you all have because overlooking an item like that, you can lose everything. It's devastating. Some of these claims can be huge. They could change your whole personal situation. So better safe than sorry. Boy, this is fantastic, but I think you have some more good ones lined up here. Let's talk about a definite misconception, and that's the difference between replacement cost versus actual cash value on personal property. Share with us what that difference is. Replacement cost coverage does exactly that. It pays to replace the damaged item, okay? Actual cash value is replacement cost less depreciation. So now replacement cost, you always want that on your homeowners, your personal property. If you have a devastating fire and all of your possessions are destroyed, you want to be able to go to the store and buy brand new, similar to what you've had. If you're insured for actual cash value, they're going to figure out replacement cost and then depreciate by how old that item is. You will not be able to replace it because you will not be able to replace it because of the depreciation cost. So you always want to make sure you have replacement cost. Don't assume it's there because it's an add-on. It's not automatic. You pay a premium for it. So you want to make darn sure that you do have it. So in the event of a claim, you can go to the store, purchase those things, turn in your receipts, and then get 100% coverage. All right, let's talk about in the business place. What about sexual harassment? I hear a lot about that, but what really, how does that affect people from a liability standpoint? And how in the world do you protect against something like that? Anybody that owns a business and has employees, they need to look into employment practices liability insurance coverage. Now, that's a big, long title, and it incorporates a whole bunch of things. Discrimination, okay, whether it's due to sex, age, race, religion, color. You happen to let somebody go, they're going to get an attorney and come after you and try to get discrimination charges against you. Sexual harassment. Okay, we've got some employees in the workplace and they're inappropriate with another employee. These are all very, very real coverages. And in tough times, people find all kinds of reasons to go after an employer and get some money. The thing is, I think that's key here. You could run a great business and have good practices in place and everything else. Nothing prevents an employee from suing you or employees from creating a situation that might be bigger than what it is, I'd say probably the biggest part of this coverage isn't so much that you're going to lose a lawsuit. It's the cost of defending you against these types of claims. Is that not true? Absolutely. Even if the claims are fraudulent, you're still going to have to defend, and nobody does that for free. So this particular coverage does both. It covers the claims and then the lawsuit. So let's transition to your number 10 for the day, which is umbrella insurance. Now, somebody out there better not be thinking insurance on their umbrella. (laughs) But how does this coordinate with your other coverages? Well, umbrella protection, that's liability. And that is over and above the current policies you have, the underlying coverages. And they can be purchased both for your personal insurance, your business insurance, even your farm policies. It's a way to purchase more liability protection. And again, it comes into play when you have those horrific claims, when everything is on the line, and this gives you that added protection. It's also for defense, so we've turned that responsibility over to the insurance company to defend you against these types of claims. 
Gretchen, I just recently met with a client, and we were talking about the importance of umbrella coverage. Their response was, you know what? I heard of a situation where someone got sued, and as soon as the lawyers found out how much insurance coverage they had, they actually lowered what they were claiming against them so that it was within the policy limit. So they thought having an umbrella encouraged bigger lawsuits. But can you maybe just explain with those umbrellas that if there's a claim and it's not a strong case, they might look to settle because that's what actually ended up happening here. There was a settlement that happened to be just below the policy limits because they decided, well, they made a business decision. But with wrongful death claims that happen in different parts of the country at different levels, and you look at loss of wages and all these things that could happen if someone's hurt, it's not much to get into millions of dollars, and it's easy to have that claim. So what happens if someone doesn't have enough coverage? What can they go after? Well, they could go after their personal possessions. There are certain things in your estate that are up for grabs. And that's when you should also be meeting with your financial advisor to find out what is protected and what is not. A million-dollar umbrella is not a lot of money, but it is there for the peace of mind and the protection. Now, whether the attorneys, how they settle a claim, that's up to them. But I would much rather have that protection than not have it at all. And even if you don't have a lot, they can garnish wages too, right? Absolutely. And that's a big one too. You know, if you're a young person, 30, 40 years old, you're still working for a couple years, how much of your paycheck do you want to give over to somebody else for the rest of your life? So if your insurance professional is being thorough, they should be finding out what's your net worth to properly protect you. Because if you're worth $2 million and you have a half a million dollar liability limit, well, then you're exposed to liability. So the umbrella on that case could add additional coverage to at least meet or exceed your net worth. Is that correct? That is correct. And lots of times we talk about financial advisors and what they recommend, and they do recommend certain things. I'm not privy to all of the information that a customer has, all that personal information, but you need to know, yes, what do they recommend, get a price on it, and then decide if that's the option for you. Well, Gretchen, I really want to thank you for taking the time today to go over these things. I think the areas that you touched on today, I know in meeting with clients, I think these are areas they're not even really thinking about. We're busy with our lives. We just kind of go along and sometimes we don't stop to think, well, what's the impact of this? And am I making sure I'm properly covered? So if there was anything that you would recommend, I think I heard the common theme on almost every point that you made, you should be having these discussions with your agent. If you have an agent where all you do is describe a couple things and they just shoot you a quote and you don't even understand what coverages you have, maybe it's time to review that either with that agent or find someone who's going to take the time to make sure you're properly covered. Absolutely. Because remember, if there's an open area and there's a claim and it's not covered, your insurance agent is not going to come to your defense. The policies have to be in place before a claim happens. And so that's a conversation you have with your insurance agent to make sure you are adequately covered. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week. And tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the real wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your real wealth advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information will be helpful to a friend or family member, just click the forward to a friend button. This copyrighted program and its contents is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, nor station render legal, medical, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. The information and opinions expressed here are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendation for any individual situation or security. For specific assistance, you should seek the services of a competent professional. To learn about a specific investment option, ask your Real Wealth Advisor for a prospectus. Please read the prospectus carefully about the fees, expenses, and risks 
costs before investing. Real Wealth Advisors offer securities and investment advisory services through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered investment advisor, PO Box 64284, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55164. Real Wealth Advisors and Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated are not affiliated entities. This is Real Wealth Weekly on the Real Wealth Advisor Network. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. We've got additional information and links in our show notes, which you can click on to learn more. If you have any questions about any of the topics covered or would like to learn more, you can go to our website, www.myprisminsurance.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Call us at 951-243-2800 or email me directly at prob at myprisminsurance.com. The email is in the show notes as well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in, and have a wonderful week.